this our opening? Yes. Oh, okay. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the table by my co-host, Rachel Milken. You seemed like you were really shortened out there, buddy. I did? Why? Oh, because I just you froze? You sat there for so long. <laughs> I just wanted to give the people just looking my full dead, focus. Geez. I wanted them to, to lock eyes with me. I think they probably felt a little uncomfortable. And just be, and just be made one with the show. Okay. That's what's happening right gotcha. there. Gotcha. Well, what show is this? Well, it's Team Chat Podcast. I'm glad you asked. A video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web. Or you can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. Find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can join our Discord server where we have a lot of great gaming conversations and non-gaming conversations when we're not here recording the show. And finally... If you want to help make the show bigger and better, just like Elise M, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Fuchsia Rascal, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done, you can go over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release, access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, and a lot of extra bits and goodies along the way. Very soon, that will include special emos. Yes. Yes. Oh, speaking of, I don't know if you saw, but but Pine sent over some colored versions. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, we yet. gotta go check this oh, out. Show oh, snap. they're good. They're good. <laughs> I'm excited. They're really good. Everybody I'm should be excited. About Everybody that. should be excited. Yeah, this is a cool thing. Uh, but yeah, so you get like custom email packs for our Discord and Twitch. Uh, members at our five dollar tier get early access to or a subsidiary show early access and like a subsidiary show team chit chat where we talk about things that are not related to gaming at all so it's a you know it's a lot of great fun and, t- and good times had all around but if you can't do that that's no big deal we totally understand and it, but there are a lot of other ways that you can help support the show such as telling your friends writing us reviews following us on social media or subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the podcast all of that helps Get the good word of Team Chat Podcast out to the masses. And for that, we are eternally grateful and thankful for all of our patrons, viewers, listeners alike. Heart emojis. Heart emoji. Love Love you. Kisses. Smooches. But, Mogan, we have an exciting episode this week because we have a couple of reviews coming at you. We have a great deal. We have been on a solid train of reviews lately, and I'm kind of a fan of it. It's not our fault. So much has been coming out. Yeah. And speaking of which, there's more coming out this month. It's honestly too much. We have to get a little bit of news once coming. Yeah, we do. We have a little bit of news and what's coming soon. So just in case you missed it, this is the only one I'm going to backtrack for because not going to lie, it's the only one I care about. Life is strange. (laughs) (laughs) Life is strange. True Colors came out last week on September 10th for all major consoles, including including PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. It is quite literally out for any everything, including next-gen consoles. Not the Nintendo 3DS. Right. It's or not the gonna, PlayStation it's not gonna, Vita. No, no. Not for those. Yeah, not Don't for those. Don't come at us with those. It's also those. not for mobile. No. Don't do it. Well, kind of mobile if you have Stadia. That's true. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but a uh, quick note on that one. Again, like I said last week, uh, as you all know, we are very big fans of the Life is Strange series and we'll definitely be playing and reviewing this game. But we've got some upcoming travel and not going to be able to tackle it right away. But uh, just stay tuned. It's coming. And we also want to be able to dedicate a lot of time to it. Yes. So kind of like what we did for our original Life is Strange playthrough, we want to really like pace this one out and take our time. And actually like what we did with Life is Strange too. But that wasn't by choice because that was when it was, was still episodic. Yeah, that was when it was still episodic. God, thank God they're not doing that anymore. <laughs> I know. I forgot they weren't. Thank and then now I'm, I'm reminded and I'm very, I'm very grateful. Yeah. All right. So as of this episode's air date, all of the following are out now or coming soon. Death Loop. Oh, one of the only Another next one. gen games I care about. So Deathloop is only for PlayStation 5 and PC right now. So it's out today on September 14th. It's from Arcane Studios, the makers of uh, one of my favorite action game series, excuse me, stealth action game series. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, sneaky, sneaky Dishonored. Nice. Uh, I love the Dishonored games. Deathloop looks very, <laughs> not, not a clone, not a clone by any means, but it's clearly got elements that were incorporated as part of the Dishonored series. So very excited about that. Oh no, Sharts McGarts. I was September is too stacked. There's too much going on. So Literally before we hit the record button, we were like going over the list of this stuff. This is a we game like, that I know you will not care about at all, but I do. Eastward. It's one of the oh. Nintendo indie games.
games that yes. they've been promoing for months, and it's the highest one on my list. Also a September release, my God. Eastward is out on September 16th, my sister's birthday. Oh. Uh, she should buy it for me for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's out for only Switch and PC, so you can get on Steam and you can get on the Switch. Another indie that I desperately want to play and that we've been talking about for what feels like years mm-hmm. skateboard oh yeah skateboard skateboard is finally coming out for xbox one switch pc and linux oh. linux linux i should say it that way that'll anger the most people because it's the <laughs> most wrong uh that's out on the 16th as well origami 2 is out for ps5 xbox series xns ps4 xbox one and pc on the 17th so is nino kuni 2 revenant kingdom for the switch i believe mm. this is a port revenant kingdom has been out for a while a tome spelled T-O-E-M, so not like the traditional tome book spelling. It's like Toem. Yeah, Toem. That's probably how it's spelled, <laughs> <laughs> how it's pronounced, excuse me. Uh, that's for PS5, Switch, and PC. And then, God, getting us into next week. I'm only going to mention one of these because, again, it's the only one that matters. Kina Bridge <sighs> so of close. Spirits. So This close. is a minimum of... It's like five games. This is like at least four games that I really want to play. Deathloop, Eastward, Skateburb, Kena Bridge of Spirits. And throw they're, in Life is Strange. And throwing in Life is Strange. Five. And they're coming out within a week of each other. What are we as this gamers is, supposed to do, people? This is un, unfortunate. <laughs> Honestly, it's a little <laughs> unfortunate because it's like, I don't, how? How can I possibly pay all, play all of them? My only thought is that maybe... Maybe Skatebird's short. <laughs> it probably is. Let's hope so. It seems like one of those that would probably be the shortest. Uh, yeah, let's hope that Eastward and Skateburb are as short as they can possibly be because I need to blaze through those to be able to... Get, well, I can't I can't get Deathloop because I don't want to get it for PC and ah, I don't have okay. a PlayStation 5. Yep, yep, yep. So that one's off the list until later. Anyways, that's That's everything. good at least. One of the five knocked off the list. Jeez, that's everything out now and coming soon. I think of and those. It's too, much. it's too much, yeah. But I think of those. Definitely, Life is Strange. Two True Colors. That's a very day excited one. about. Yeah, that's a yeah, day for one. sure. Um, I think I'm probably the only. The other one of those is got to be Kina. Like I'm like Deathloop looks really cool. Not you know not knocking it at all. In fact, it's one that as I've seen more of it, I'm like, yes, I really want to play this. But of the two remaining choices that I'm really excited about, that or Kina, Kina takes it. Like yeah, I obviously. like Kina looks. Deathloop looks awesome, and I'm very excited to see more of it. Kina just strikes that Horizon Zero Dawn. It's got that. It's, it's got just that got that a feel, bit that look. Special. It does. To it. it looks like it's going to be a fantastic it game. It also has new Pikmin, which yes. I care about. Yes, <laughs> that you can apparently give hats to in the game. Did you well, know that? Yeah, I you did know that. Yeah. Speaking of hats, I saw this on Twitter today, or maybe Reddit. I don't remember where I saw it. Uh, Stardew Valley just got a new, extremely cute and very stupid update. <laughs> <laughs> you can now put hats on sea urchins in your aquarium. I was hoping you were going to say pigs or the cows because like, come on, that'd be sea awesome. Sea urchins because somebody apparently tweeted at Concerned Ape and they were like, hey, did you know that sea urchins like kind of wear hats in the wild sort of? And he was like, done, putting it in the game. And he did it. Amazing. So now you can put hats on sea urchins in Stardew Valley. For those of you that cared deeply about that, <laughs> that, that update is for you and only you. <laughs> Uh, Why is it with hats and creatures? I don't know. I mean, animals look cute in hats. What can you say? But I don't know about sea urchins, though. Speaking of another thing I saw on Twitter. Sea urchins? No, it's it's like kind of just like a segue off of things we saw on Twitter. Then also like upcoming games that we're super excited about. Apparently today, uh, September 8th, the day of recording, uh, we are 30 days away from Metroid Dread. just too much this is too much (laughs) these are these are the so it feels like there was a real dearth of i mean it kind of feels like there was a pandemic that shut down gaming for a while i just mean specific because in 2020 enough was still releasing because obviously they had been developed right 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 but then there was this big gap at the beginning of 2021 where not a lot that was big 
yeah. came out. I mean, can you, th- other than spilled gut, <laughs> split gate? Yeah, really, split gate. <laughs> I mean, that um, didn't really come out because it's in, it's been in beta for 12,000 I don't know. Years. What have I been playing? I mean, like, well, there was Biomutant that I was excited yeah, about. Yeah, Biomutant. And then, I'm looking around I'm at, still your, playing at your shelves for merch to give me I'm, clues. I'm looking at my at my list here of the games that oh, I've Oh, no, what happened to Gerald? Year. Oh, no, he fell. There we go. Woo. He's good now. I finally care about um, Gerald of Rivia, Riviera because I watched the, the Witcher? Witcher series. Still nice. played the games, but the series rules. The series you might, is great. You might even say, as the young people do, that it slaps. That it's it a bop. It does slap. It slaps real hard. Yeah, it does slap real hard. Inner Cavill's body slaps real hard. Yeah, it does. <laughs> 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 uh, Bug Snacks. That came out. Oh, yeah. Bug Snacks. Or that was like end of last year before I ended everything. So, yeah. I, can, I see what you're talking about. Like, oh, Ratchet and Clank. That was the other like really big one. Right. And that most I can, of what that I've, I've been, played at least. Most of what I've been playing is like indie games. And yeah. And a return to the Nancy Drew series. Speaking of Nancy Drew. <laughs> is a new Nancy Drew game coming out? No. I was oh talking God. I was talking with one of my friends, Jordan. Uh, and she said that she heard on from a past episode that you were playing those. And she apparently... Loved those games as well growing up, and and was like and asked me to send you all send her all of your uh, playthrough recordings from from your streams. Oh my god! Because okay. she said she loves those. Well, and I told her which one you were playing, and she's like, "Oh, I remember that." That's one. a good one. So she thinks she remembers too the slider puzzle that got you hung up for so oh, long. Oh, I, I, you know, I cannot blame anyone for getting stuck on that slider puzzle because it was honestly that's been the most brutal puzzle so far. That damn slider puzzle. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that or the otter box, which I legit had to cheat on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was a little a little too rough there. It's a little too rough. Anyways, so Anyways. Nancy Drew ru- rules, <laughs> and everybody <laughs> should play it, even though it's not coming out this year. Whatever. Anyways, games. So games. You're, you're telling us about a game today. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like I said, we have two reviews coming at you this episode, uh, both indie mm-hmm. games. And so, which, like, literally, though, if you've looked at our past episodes, aside from our 250th celebration, we've had, like, this is, like, the fifth, sixth, like, straight review episode in a row. We, we got to take a break. We got to do some lists again. stop gaming. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that by now we would have played enough new games that we could start redoing old lists again. We honestly Surely probably right. could, like, start rehashing some of those old ones, updating the lists and so whatnot. So if, if people have specific listicles that we used to do that you want to see an update of or a new one put it in the twitter put it in discord so that we can or a new one yeah or email us at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com with your suggestions we'd love to hear we would love to hear from you but uh, yeah so we have two reviews coming at you this week adding to our recent collection and uh this one this is one the game that i'm going to be talking about is one that i was been very excited about uh for a while even though i feel like there is a plethora of Norse themed games coming out. That's just the current flavor of the day, right? Right. I mean, you know, and granted when I say that immediately, what comes to mind is like Hellblade and a God of war, but those were like 2018, 2017 Assassin's Creed Valhalla Valhalla, more recently. But then we also have had Valheim. Remember that? Like that's like the survival game that's been taking people by storm a lot. Now there's also, what was the new one that was just in a state of play or something recently? Tribes of Midgard. Oh, yeah. And so we also have that. Isn't the the Banner Saga is about that yes. kind of... Um, kind of in the same time frame, Kind of in that same time frame. And it's been out for a long ass right. time. I bet the Banner, Banner Saga is pissed. <laughs> Maybe. I bet I like, that's these... one that I've been wanting to play. I have them, I think, I bet Switch. they're like, these fucking sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the game that I want to be talking about today, and one of the reasons why it, above all the others that have been coming out, has really held my attention, is because it's solo developed. Uh, but the game I'm talking about is Song of Iron, and it's developed by, uh, I thought I had my, my notes up, and I do, I do not. Let me pull those back up here. Whoops, wrong folder. Here we go. Okay, so it was developed by Resting Relic was the company, but the developer's name is Joe Winter. And this was a solo effort, and so I've been following him on Twitter and like seeing the updates as he's posted. So it's it's kind of like... I feel bad now because I don't know if there was a Kickstarter originally that started it off. And had there been and I'd known about it, I, I would have like given to it. But still, following the journey, the development journey along uh, through tw- his updates and everything that he's been posting on Twitter has been really fun. But one of the things that really attracted me to it is that it's a side-scrolling platformer but uses lighting incredibly well like lighting and shadows and stuff incredibly well there will be parts where you'll be run through it'll be daylight you know you see your whole character but it's this very um 
it's it's a two, it's a two D side scroll, like I said, but it provides that like three D depth to it, right? So you know, so there'll be like trees in the forefront in the foreground that like block your screen every once in a while. Your character, there's like depth to the background. Car- enemies will like walk from the background into your two D linear field, which so I also like thought is a really nice touch. Hyper two D, yeah, 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 yeah. Or I mean, I guess technically that's three D. Technically it's three D because it is like they're coming from a distance and moving up. So I guess yeah, it would be three D. But um, it just has a very unique art style. It's kind of like a, a, a not I would say cell shaded really, but um, just has a more like it just how mostly what dragged me attracted me to it is the look and use of light and shadow in it because there will be points in the game where you only see your character silhouette. It's so dark, Ooh. but then you're walking through like a forest and you see uh, the whole you know, the whole care, your whole character. And, um, there's even one part that I took a screenshot of, whereas like I was walking out of a cave and there's just like a sliver of light that came in at this one point hit and just like illuminated my character's eyes. All I want to say about that is who doesn't enjoy when suddenly their character just becomes silhouetted. Oh yeah. That's always something that everyone likes. Well, and it's because it's like the enemies are as well. So you've got like this action, this like shadow combat kind of thing going on. It's very, very cool. It's that meme of everyone liked that. Yeah. <laughs> everyone enjoys this. Limbo proved it already. Silhouetted figures are awesome. So I was actually going to say, it reminds me a little bit. The art style does remind me a lot of Limbo. And so like, Limbo was a little too puzzle heavy for me, but uh, it's still like a good game. But I definitely like You're see such a sword the influences. Bro, I really am. It's, it's, it's who I am. But um, the influences of it are definitely evident in Song of Iron. But quick little story synopsis for you. And also, since this game is at the time of this recording, like literally a week old, I'm not going to go into like huge story spoilers or anything like that. Did you finish the game? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And it's actually kind of a quick game too. Like I beat it in like four and a half hours. Gotcha. So it's a, it's a, it's a shorter game, but in my opinion, spoiler alert, well worth. So, and especially as a dude for a solo developer, uh, you know, go support his efforts because it was an an incredible game and I had a lot of fun with it. But a quick little story synopsis for you. Like, why are you a Viking? Why are you fighting these people? Uh, So after your village is attacked, and your spouse killed by the warlord or spouse partner is killed by the warlord, a warlord who is in search of a mystical relic you possess. Ooh. You escape the bloodbath to return the relic to the great temple of the gods and save your people. Oh boy, what's the relic? It's like this. Uh, it's like a myst- uh, mythical stone. Is it a fossilized hot pocket? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty. That funny. holds great power to cure <laughs> world hunger. Great power. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it's like a, a necklace or a, uh, amulet or something like that that hold that contains this like powerful stone. You know. Nancy Drew. Oh, also has had a game like this. I'm pretty sure it was Nancy Drew and the Cursed Medallion. Well, there you go. Anyways, I'll pull up a picture of the Cursed Medallion and you tell me if it's spot on. (laughs) But so basically what the game consists of is just traveling in this 2D space. Now, what I loved about it is there's never a break where it's like, you know, uh, well, I mean, no, no loading screens after you start or if you die. No, those are the only loading screens when you start the game and when you die. But it's just a continual flow, which I love. That's it? Yeah. I like that. I really love Everybody that. Everybody enjoys that. And so there was a lot of, it's a lot of stuff of like, you know, you might like double back in some places and like discover new entrances that you've opened up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that pretty close? It's blue in uh, oh, this game. Okay. Also, my apologies. It's the captive curse, not mm. the cursed medallion. I was close though. There you go. Whatever. Anyways. And so you're, you're basically just going through this. So it's a very easy game also to just kind of like play in one city. Because you do just like never have this feeling of an unending in it and you just get caught up in the journey of it that you kind of are like, oh, I'm, s- I'm still playing, <laughs> you know, I mean, which is which is I thought was really great because it captures, you know, it really captures you in. The fun thing about it, though, is because it does start at this, you know, event of your village being attacked. You don't start with a weapon. You don't start with a shield. You have to like uh, you walk forward and you, you pick one up of each uh, like an axe and a shield. But then after that, every weapon and everything you pick up out of that, you pick up off of your fallen enemies. Oh, now, okay. what also makes you have to do that is that there is a weapon durability, at least oh, with the shields. Gotcha. Like if they take a couple hits and you're blocking people's hits, the shield's going to break. The wood shield's going to break. You got to pick up a new one. Link knows how that feels. You can also like throw your weapon, which oh. is really cool. Uh, you have like the obvious like dodge left, right. You can hit Q. I was playing on PC. So you hit Q. Say, oh, it's only out on uh, Xbox and PC at this point. Steve. Oh, rare Xbox exclusive. <laughs> yep. Whoa. And so uh, you can hit like Q to like do a quick back step to avoid everything. But you can also block with your shield, 
click your attack button to uh, just do a quick attack. You can hold it down to do a more powerful attack. You can do a like a kick, Spartan kick, straight Aww. up to like push Excellent. your enemies back. And so and so you know you then and you also have a bow and arrow. So it's a lot of combining these different uh, weapons and abilities and stuff. But one of the things that I liked about it is that, you know, sometimes you'll run into a group of maybe like four or five enemies that you have to fight in one time, and there'll be people coming from the front, people coming from the back. And you have a pretty good clip, like when you're moving, you can sprint or just normally walk, and you're kind of at a good pace there. But any attack you do grounds you, and you stand still. So you can't be like running and just hacking and slashing and going all over the place. So you have to like really work it to not let yourself be overwhelmed. And it is good that kind of how the design is of it, that the enemies, like they really signal like when they're going to be doing their attack, like they'll pull their sword up and that gives you the chance to like either roll out of the way block. If you have the time, you're not going to get swarmed by other people, shoot them in the face with an arrow. And, but like, if you didn't have any weapons, you can just start punching until they draw they die. And then you can pick up their weapon. Other than your sprint, what's your mobility like? Like, is there a lot of verticality in this game or is it pretty? Okay. There are like, um, small environmental puzzles, like move this block to, to, you know, to be able to, unlock this other part of the puzzle and you move another block and stuff like that. So you are climbing in certain points. There was a part uh, like mid to late game where you are doing the like wall jump from side to side to like climb up limbs and vines and stuff like that to get to a higher point. Um, So yeah, there is some of that too. It's like standard platforming in that regard. So if you're about to get swarmed on both sides by enemies, are you capable of jumping over someone to get out of? You can roll out of the way. You can't jump over them, but you could like roll out of the way. That answers my question. Um, So that overall, like the combat, obviously is like one of the main points of this game. Like that's what you know, obviously attracted me because just also like combined with the art style, it looks super clean and looks really cool. And like the animation in general, like you have a you have a cape. That's kind of like flowing behind you and everything. And it looks really well. It's really well animated. You're basically just progressing through these different stages, fighting enemies that come along. And uh, there are even like some big bosses and it even like delves a little into Norse mythology stuff that you do. You're fighting like trolls every once in a while and different stuff like that. And so it's, but the big thing about it is that it's just kind of how on your toes the action keeps you at a lot of points. And there are even like the standard platforming, more like chase sequences where it's not like you're trying to fight the po- the person, but you're trying or like the boss, but you're just trying to like outrun them and you got to run through obstacles and stuff like that. Kind of like Ori. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. A gauntlet run kind of. I thing. enjoy those. Actually, there's quite a few of those in the storied history of Metroid. I always forget that, but I guess Ori kind of borrowed that from. That's why they call it a Metroidvania. That's true. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then one of the cool things, too, is like health and stamina auto-regenerate, so that's cool. But then as you progress through the game, you will find these chests that contain different pieces to a suit of armor. And each Ooh. one of those does give you some kind of magical ability. Ooh. Now, what's interesting is that those magical abilities obviously like give you a pretty good boost. One like makes you run faster. One activates like you can activate fire or electric weapons, shoot like electric arrows or fire arrows, stuff awesome. like that. Yeah, they're really cool. One of them even, uh, well, no, I don't want to, I don't want to spill too much. Okay. It's, there's a there's a late game ability you get that's really really cool. Do they change your appearance? Yeah, well, they don't. Yes, they do change oh, your appearance. Okay. But then also like the, okay, so the one that's like for speed is the the chest piece, oh. and when you activate it, why wouldn't it be boots? Because there's more of that later. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's another <laughs> ability later on. Gotcha. But like when you activate the speed, like your whole, the armor like highlights blue, like your, Ooh. the amulet. And so like kind of like shines and stuff. It looks really cool. I see. Um, but what's cool though is the magic meter is the only one that doesn't auto regenerate. You have to find like rune stones that you, as you walk by them, it refills your, your magic bar, Gotcha. which I thought was cool that like your health and stamina will regenerate and even will regenerate in a fight. Like even with a boss fight and stuff like that, if you're rolling around dodging their attacks for a little bit, your health bar will start automatically going up. And I just kind of felt it like you can't, it makes it where you cannot fully rely on just overpowering people with your magic because like That's some nice of that, touch. yeah, it, because it just really keeps it from you feeling way too OP. Like yeah. I felt like I was pretty well balanced in combat the whole time, even as like newer enemies and higher level enemies would come at me. It just really, I was like, I was still dying plenty of times throughout <laughs> just because I, I messed up and I wasn't playing well. And so it's, I think it, really provides that good balance. Uh, the music underlying it was really great. It has that strong Nordic feel to it. Did he also compose his own music? You know, I was looking and couldn't find that Because that's the only, that's always the number one thing I want to know is like, yes, it's a self-made game, but who made the score? Yeah. 
Can you do that? Uh, and if you can't, and you still make a game, c- still kudos to oh, you. Yeah. It's very art is hard as shit (laughs) and developing games is even more hard so yeah if you can do all of the above you're you're a god among among humans Mm -hmm. and so uh really that's the majority like i said it was a four and a half hour game i see the blue amulet yeah 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 it's on the yeah and so like i said that's really the key of it and that's what the game boils down to is just like this continual linear path that you're following with some like you know puzzles and stuff to find out along the way some great combat good boss fights throughout solid strong uh, solid musical score like i said really the only issue i had was just the the minor uh control things that problems i was running into and but which i'm sure like as the game comes out like you even to a point uh joe winter posted on Twitter yesterday that he was just like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm coming up with a new build, like, you know, updates coming. So all of it, I'm sure will be cleaned up with time. And as, as things go on, but the one thing though, that really cemented it for me and where I was just like, Oh, okay. This was really cool. And I really like this game so far. The ending has a twist and that's all I'm going to say about it. Oh boy. But it ended after that twist. And I was like, well, this is not where I expected this to go. And Does it I am, end on the kind of twist that seems to be setting it up for a sequel? Yes. Oh. Which I will definitely be ooh, playing part two. Okay. Uh, and so it's one of those things that's like, I didn't see that coming at all. <gasps> You're Kratos' dad. I'm not going to say anything. I'm okay. not going to I think I nailed it. First try. But <laughs> <laughs> Song of Iron, the solo developed indie game, is the tie in to <laughs> Sony you, Santa Monica's you play God of War as franchise. Papa Kratos. <laughs> senior <laughs> so i will say like if you're looking for a quick uh a quick but very fun very uh adventure filled game give song of iron a shot uh again kudos to joe winder for like having this great so uh to this developing this great game solo and uh yeah so stick around for it but yeah that ending it'll very get you. Nice. it's a good one i really like the look of this game it's fun. Obviously, I only know about it what you have told me, but all of the images that I've seen, I, I totally get it. Like it's the art a, styles, like from what a really visual sells perspective, it, right? I totally get yeah. like, oh, that does look pretty sweet. That's I really like the look nice. of that. And you know, it's not hard to sell me anything that takes place in a two D plane, anything that side scrolls. I'm already Platform partially like sold. Right there. Yeah. yeah, it it doesn't take much to get me on board that train, but. I also want to talk about a game that I played and finished as well. Oh, well Can you believe you. that we both finished games? I know. I've actually, like, after I finished Valhalla, it's kind of surprising how quickly you can beat smaller games. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was definitely at least more hours, though. Yeah. And probably by a pretty, a pretty significant margin, but it's Garden Story. Ah, I've heard of this game, literally know nothing. And consistently, if you hear me say throughout this review, because this will be a full review, mm-hmm. When you hear me say grape story, I know it's wrong. <laughs> Just what I you don't were calling care. Because <laughs> you play as a little grape. Oh, You're yeah. Made, so have you seen any any images? I of think Garden I've just story? like seen it, like when it was announced in I believe one of the yes, Nintendo indie showcases. It was showcases. in one of the indie directs. Maybe it may have been announced either late last year or early this year yeah because i've had garden story like pretty high on my list for a while now and it's one of the games that i had been sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for it to come out and then that indie direct happened and they i think garden story was among the ones that they said it's out today and i was like yes finally so i'm pretty sure i got it either on release day or the very next day. Uh, And it is developed by Picogram and published by Rose City Games. Uh, I don't know much about Picogram other than this singular game. Um, I'm not sure if they have done other games before. They probably have, but I'll never find that out. So anyways, (laughs) Picogram uh, developed this adorable little game and it is very much billed as and fits into the genre of this is very broad. The very broad genre of cozy games. Uh-huh. Garden Story has that particular look and feel that I think qualifies it to be considered a cozy game. So kind of like your Stardew. That's what I was going like to ask. Your like Animal it, Crossings. Yeah. Now, for reasons that I will explain, it's not quite as cozy as those, but like Spiritfarer. Actually, one of the games that I would compare Garden Story to the most, not in terms of gameplay at all, it's extremely different, but in terms of feeling, mm-hmm. 
not the bad ending of Spirit Fair that I hated. But in terms of feeling, like how I played it at the beginning, I got you were very similar full vibes. Full of enthusiasm. To oh my god. And hope. Because it, it really is very similar. Because when I started Spirit Fair, I was obsessed mm-hmm. and I loved it, and I was just funneling hours into it. Garden Story was very, very similar in that I got hooked very quickly to the extent that I finished it. I yeah. finished a game that never happens. <laughs> uh, so I would say I probably put about. 30 hours into it because I was playing it on the week that I was between jobs. So Mm -hmm. I had loads of time to kill. Nice. So the premise of garden story is that it takes place in an adorable little world that has cropped up around a tree stump. So everything is like a, a little microcosm because everything is tiny and you are uh, interacting with a world of the grove. So the lore of the game is that there was this ancient tree that I think, think got hit by a meteor <laughs> or okay. something happened like they mentioned falling stars and like stars from the sky and i'm pretty sure it got hit by or absorbed portions of a meteor that gave it mana magical power so the grove has cropped up around this magical tree stump that is now is something's wrong with it because parts of the grove are not quite acting the way they should this sounds like ori in the blind forest sure does doesn't but it's not, it's not. That's actually one of the games that I did not think about at all when playing Garden Story. More for, just the tree. More, like yeah, that's more in, just That's kind of like controls yeah. the environment is in peril. But uh, so unlike with Ori, everything's tiny. Everybody's little tiny. You're either frogs. <laughs> frogs are like the only, uh, I think the only animal that made it into the game. There's a little tribe of frog people, but most of the other creatures that you interact with are little personified fruits and vegetables. There's a mandrake root, there's a plum, there's a cherry, there's a, uh, oh, what's it called? It, it's, it's, oh, a saguaro cactus. Oh, okay. He's down in seaside town because nice. it's more tropical down there and he's really cute. I love that cactus's shape. He was such a little friend. Uh, but you play as main character Concord, a Concord, Concord grape. Of well course. done. So, Concord is the youngest of the greenlings. So greenlings is the broad term applied to all of these different creatures that are little plant critters. So greenlings, they are raised in the grove. They are given life by the manna that the grove provides, blah, blah, blah. They all come from a vine that's growing on the outside of the tree stump uh, that basically creates new greenlings. So it sprouts seeds and then the seed grows into a new greenling and then it drops off the vine and it's a living, breathing creature. Awesome. Concord is the last greenling because the vine, although it looks healthy and it appears to still be growing, it has stopped producing any new greenlings since Concord was born. Mm. So something's already kind of wrong because like Concord takes care of it. He's a gardener. That's mm. his That's his profession. He takes care of the vine. He lives in a place called the kindergarten because he's the youngest. Uh, and they're like, huh, vine is not making any new greenlings, huh? Real weird. Don't know what to think about that. Oh, also... All of our lands, Winter Glade, I think is what it's called. Don't judge me if I'm wrong about that. Winter Glade, Summer Bar, the Springdale High. I forget what it's called, but it's spring something. (laughs) Autumn Town, not sure if it's called that, but it's autumn. (laughs) All of the towns are being overrun by something called the Rot. Mm. The Rot, they're very cute, <laughs> but they're very evil. They're little, like, you know, uh, the Pokemon Slimer, Grimer. Slime? It's a little purple goober. Yes. <laughs> muck. I think, I think the, I know what you're talking the about. The big one is Muck. The small one is Grimer, okay. I think. Don't, I'm going to look it up. That's like a Gen 1 Pokemon reference, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but they look like little Grimers because they're just these little gelatinous purple blobs, and they move around on the world, but they don't have legs. They just kind of blob around and jump at you. Oh, okay. And they come out mostly at night, and they terrorize the poor greenlings and the villages. They're responsible for uh, deactivating bridges for messing up apartments they're just causing all kinds of havoc and it's like why why are the rot suddenly everywhere sure we've had the rot before but never in these numbers Mm -hmm. why is the tree stopped producing new greenlings why is the rot everywhere what's going on here So that's the whole plot of the game is that you as Concord, your job is that you have been dubbed by the one of the only two living guardians, a new guardian. 
So in the game's backstory, and it tells you this all at the very beginning, so this isn't necessarily a spoiler, this is all part of the, the groundwork of the game. In the, in the ye olden times of the game, before Concord was born, there were a series of Greenlings called the Guardians, and they were basically ordinary Greenlings who took up weapons to fight back the rot the first time around. So they're, you know, everybody that's brave and strong and they're memorialized and statues all over the place. There were 15, 12. <laughs> there, were, there were approximately 8 to 12 of them. Sure. I cannot remember how many. 15? How many were? Don't worry about it. There were some guardians. There were approximately 8 to 15 of them. Cannot remember how many of them there were. One of whom is Plum. Now, Plum is kind of your mentor. He's the one that... And I want to make a quick caveat. I am using gendered terminology. The game not even once ever uses gendered terms, which okay. I actually greatly appreciated. And now that I've remembered and I've caught myself, I'm going to try to use they, them, like the game does, because these are vegetables. They do not have genders. <laughs> I mean, technically, from a scientific perspective, they might. Sure, I don't sure, know, sure, whatever. Sure. The point is, in the game, they don't. <laughs> they're so characteri they're, yes, characterizations so they they, in-game. Yes, so characteri characterizations in-game, everyone is they, them, which I, I greatly appreciate. So Plum has been raising Concord since it, since it was just a little wee grapeino. I don't know what a babe grape is. Uh, and Plum is one of the last guardians. Now, all of the other guardians, except Plum and one other one, apparently set off on this voyage on the high seas in an effort to go and, I think, find more mana. I was never entirely clear on why the guardians left. I kind of blacked that part out. Yeah. I think they went to go either find more mana or try to solve the mystery of the grove and where their mana comes from, because they're not entirely sure. So all of the guardians, most of the guardians, left on this voyage and then never came back. Uh -oh. They are presumed dead. Uh, so that's unfortunate. So everybody's very bummed about that. They feel very abandoned by their guardians, except for Plum and the one other one that's still uh, alive, Mandy, a mandrake root. Very nice. cute. Uh, so Plum is the only active one, though, because Mandy has been missing for a very long time. Again, you're not sure what that's about, but you're like, why is Mandy missing? More concerning things. So Plum is going to go off on an adventure of his own to try and find Mandy an adventure of its own, to go and find Mandy. And in its stead, it leaves Concord to take care of the Grove, to take mm -hmm. care of the other towns. So Concord's whole job then is where the game really kicks off because you are doing a mix of activities. It's a really cute mix of kind of low-grade adventuring because you do actually have some combat involved. You have to physically fight back the, oh, wow. the, the rot. Okay. So you get, I think initially they call it a pick. I assume it's a gardening tool that you just kind of swat creatures with willy-nilly. But eventually you do get more weapons like an umbrella. Shoot. <laughs> 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 and that's exactly the motion oh, really? you <laughs> The parasol is awesome it's low-key the best weapon because it's the fastest one oh. you can do this killer triple hit with it the problem is it's very hard to position you have to be in exactly the right plane in order to be lined up with the enemy to get it to work but the point is the parasol rocks you've also got a hammer there's a sword you do eventually get a real sword nice i think yeah you do you do eventually you get a real sword you get um a scythe, like for like for Wheaton, yeah, yeah. whatever that's called. Uh, you get all kinds of fun new weapons. You get shields, you get little, uh, like a toolbox, all kinds of things. Because in addition to fighting back the rot, your other main job is to basically support the towns kind of in anything that they need. So this is both a combat and a kind of resource collection game. Because as you're going through and you're fighting back the rot, there are also all kinds of resources that you can collect, like wood stone, uh, water sprouts, little things that grow in lakes, seashells, you can collect all kinds of things. And then villagers in each individual village will post up basically commissions that they want you to complete. And it's things like, hey, I need 10 sandstone to sharpen all of our weapons. So during any given day, because the game takes place on a day-night cycle, mm -hmm. during each day, if you can complete all of the posted uh, commissions, which there can only be up to three, usually at least two, very rarely just one. 
If you complete all of the commissions within that day and then go to bed, at night it levels up your town. So each of the towns, because there's four of them, mm-hmm. each individual town starts at level one across the board. And the three categories are combat readiness, basically like defensive capabilities, maintenance. So what's the actual state of the town? And then foraging, I think is the last one. Uh, so any of those three contribute to the overall health and success of each given town. So that's that's pretty much the, the jam. Okay. You do a mix of fighting back the rot fixing stuff around town per commissions and then delivering things as villagers request them. That's the lowest, highest level overview that I can give of the game. What you're right is very similar to like the Stardew Valley because like Stardew Valley, you're fulfilling various errands. You're fighting monsters in the mines. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I'm with you. I would definitely describe Garden Story though as a very scaled down version of that because unlike the Stardew Valleys and the Animal Crossings of the world and even the Harvest Moons, aka Story of Seasons modernly, uh, and this is actually, I think, a big tick in the game's favor, Mm -hmm. it ends. Ah. It has a (laughs) specific defined end. Now, that being said, you can continue to play the game after the main story ends, but it has a definitive ending. There's a point in the game where it is clearly over, credits roll, congration, you done it. And I was like, Yes, I like more games should go back to I know I have finished ending. this now. Yes, I know I finished it. So that's a big a big point in the game's favor. I think overall the graphics are extremely cute and adorable. It's kind of a um a fancier pixel pixel art kind of game. Okay. So if you're familiar with that, it's gonna look very familiar. The soundtrack is really nice, very cute and adorable. All of the characters, they don't have a ton of personality. Like if you go back and talk to an NPC multiple times in a day, they're going to tell you the same thing every time. So there's not a ton of personality put into the NPCs outside of scripted conversations. But the scripted conversations that you can have with certain NPCs are actually really, I don't want to say emotional per se, but they're very... um pensive Mm. the overall feeling of garden story is it kind of falls into this category of what i want to call a cozy death game and the reason i use that phrasing is because spirit fair again is kind of the number one comparison that i can make here in terms of overall tone because garden story for as cute as it looks some bad stuff's going on in the background. Oh. And you're like, oh, this isn't good. The rot, our like God tree is dying. What's happening here? Uh, so things are definitely not going well. And even though everything has this very cute candy-coated sheen to it, all of the characters that you talk to are like, man, I'm really worried. I kind of feel like our home is dying mm-hmm. and we're the last vestiges of a dying society and I'm, I'm pretty worried about it. And you're like, yep. God, I don't have, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. For you. I don't have the, I am a mere grape. <laughs> I, I am one grape with a small sword. I can only do so much to help us. Uh, so the, the flow of the game then is you kind of are naturally led through the four different areas of the game, which are all seasonally inspired. Mm-hmm. Another flavor win. I love that kind of nice. stuff. So you start out in the place that is spring themed and then you go down to summer bar, which is obviously very, you know, uh, like a beach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very tropical breezy beach area that is obviously themed like summer. Then you head up to autumn town. They're like people from Boston. They're mean. <laughs> and then they it's cold up there and their soil is bad. So it's made them tough. But eventually once you crack their briny shells, you're able to get to the kindness beneath. And then eventually you make your way all the way over to, I'm pretty sure it's called Winter Glade. Mm-hmm. And each of these areas, I will say, isn't very big. And probably a few of the slights that I can make against the game are that I do wish there were more explorable areas in each location. Uh, I would love it if they were expanded even just a little bit, because once you get to know the lay of the land, that map actually starts to feel pretty small. Yeah. Now, it would take you a long time to walk from Autumn Town all the way over to Winter Glade, but eventually you do unlock the ability to fast travel, so that's eventually solved for you. So eventually, once you get used to it, the map just feels very small. And another kind of, uh, this is just really just a critique that I think is something that could be improved. 
For as much as I enjoyed the game, and I did finish it, I actually think it could have been a little shorter. Oh, yeah? There was a point... It could have been a little tighter. Yeah, there was a point at which I thought, this kind of feels like maybe they could have cut a little bit out in terms of features to make the whole experience a little bit tighter. And the main thing I'm going to cite here is the feature that I feel was the least used, considering the fact that it is in the title, the gardening function. There is, in fact, a function to garden. Uh-huh. There are these little plots of land just kind of scattered all around each map. There's there's a couple just here and there all over the place. There's no set area for you to, like, till your own land or start a farm. You don't really do that. There's just random areas here and there that you can plant seeds in. In each location, you have a seed bag, and that seed bag is only filled with four seeds. Now, depending on what grows there varies by region. So yeah. things change a little bit depending on the region. But there are just so few of those gardening patches and there's so little incentive to use them because other than a few rare items here and there that you might happen to need for like completionist purposes and money, mm-hmm. which you really don't need after a certain point, you wind up with way more money than you need in the game. It's like, why, why is this here? Yeah. You could have cut out the gardening wholesale, titled the game Grape Story, which it should have been in the first place, <laughs> and it just would have been a little bit tighter of an experience overall. I will say that the name Garden Story implies a way stronger, like starting farming focus. Much more of an feel. agricultural focus. Yeah. And that was not the case. Interesting. The gardening was one hundred percent optional. You could have completed the whole game without ever having gardened a single time, I think. I mean I guess it still makes sense because you are playing with fruits and vegetables and those are your characters. From a story thematic but sure. element, I get it. But also I still contend that the game really didn't need that. And yeah. I think it could have been sliced out, just just cut and dry, to just make everything a little bit more concise and a little bit quicker paced. Uh, so if you're looking for a game that you want to be able to play, this is what I would call a perfect Sunday morning game. Nice. This is the ideal game to play for a few minutes a day in the morning. Maybe, actually, I played it in big sprints of hours, so that's not really true. That's <laughs> you also why, had a week off. <laughs> that's why it's a Sunday morning game. So if you just want to sit down and power through a few hours of the game, you could probably finish it in about a week. If you played for a couple of hours a week for seven days straight, you would probably finish the game. I think it's anywhere between... I mean, max, uh, 10, 10 to 20 hours. And that kind of assumes that you're actually bothering to get all the upgrades for your weapons, sure. upgrade every town, get all of the resources possible, max out your collections. So there's a lot of things to do in the game that are just kind of fun, busy work, which is exactly why it's a cozy game. It's fun, busy work that you can just kind of turn off most of your brain for and just enjoy the game. Its story is actually pretty interesting. Uh, I do. I haven't really spoiled too much of the story for you other than the base setup, so I still think that you could get a lot out of the game by playing through it. The story is nice. It's definitely not... So unlike Spiritfarer, it does not end in a way that I felt was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I mean by Spiritfarer feeling bad is the game was all about death mm-hmm. in a cozy way. Right, because you're literally ferrying the spirits but when to I, the when I fin- when The feeling that I had from Spiritfarer when I finished it was just one of like empty coldness. Yeah. And it sent me into a spiraling depression. And I was like... Did not like that game. This really bamboozled me. Garden Story kind of approaches those bigger questions of life and death in, I think, a much healthier way. So from that perspective, I think it's, again, a a win in its category. So this is not a game for everybody. If you played it, I think you would be bored to tears. (laughs) I I mean, I thought I would have been with Stardew, and I put... Hundreds of hours. But Stardew. Stardew has considerably more to do. That's Garden true. Story does not. Sam might like Garden Story. This might be a game that's a little bit up her alley, but the average gamer, I think, will probably not gravitate towards this game. The niche gamer, the indie gamer, the me gamer yeah. does gravitate towards this kind of game. I was even talking about it with Fuchsia. And I was like, hey, have you been playing Garden Story? What, what do you think about it? She said, no, but I was watching somebody else stream it and it didn't seem like the game for me, hmm. which valid assessment. Yep. I do think that playing it is a little bit more 
uh, it, it makes it stick a lot more than watching it. I was thinking about it because after Fuchsia made that comment, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, if I were streaming this game and someone were watching it, I would totally also be bored. Mm -hmm. This is not the kind of game that you want to watch. It's a game you want to play. So don't bother watching streams of Garden Story. You're probably going to be like, well, this looks boring as hell. You have to play it and then kind of get into that addictive day-night cycle sure. and keep making process progress for it to really stick. Question. Yes. Is it a realistic day-night cycle like uh, Animal Crossing? Where it's the no, normal no, no, 24 no, no. hour clock. Thank okay, God, no. it's not. It okay. is. It's the Stardew cycle. Got it. Uh, I think each day. Oh, so this is actually something else about it that is a win in its in its favor. Um, it does have a day night cycle, but unlike every other game I can think of that has a day night cycle, when it gets to nighttime in Garden Story, it becomes infinite night mm. in order to actually trigger the next day you have to choose to go to bed and there's no timer on that. it's not like stardew where it hits no. 2 a.m and you fall yeah. asleep and get which fined. i love yeah that's there's nice. no penalty there's like nothing bad happens to you if you don't go to bed at a mm. reasonable hour which what a plus everyone liked that <laughs> <laughs> that should be the case for all day night cycle games is that once you get to nighttime it just stays nighttime until yeah. you choose to go to bed so it, that does mean that there's um, less to do at night because the villagers go to bed. Everybody else goes to bed and they kind of peace out. Sure. So it's a natural inclination inclusion in the game to just kind of have infinite night. You can finish up any commissions that you may have missed, gather up any resources that you may have needed for the next day, and then you get to go to bed and continue on to the next day. So overall, I think it's a very good game. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone, exactly like I said, but if you're into the kind of indie cozy game category, I think this one's worth a shot. Nice. It's also very inexpensive. Yeah. I think it was only 15 About to say, most indie yeah, games I think like it's only that are 15 usually bucks. like 15 to 20 Song of Iron was so, 20 I believe. Yeah. It's available for the Switch and also PC. Not sure about the other consoles. I did not bother to look that up. But definitely Steam and definitely the uh, Nintendo Switch. So... Check out Garden Story. I think it's a really a cool, fun game. Love, love that it ended. <laughs> it's weird to say. And you can mark it off as a completed I, it's, game. It's weird to say, but it, honestly, it did feel good. Like, yeah. it felt good to actually finish a game and be like, I can move on. I know. I that's can a, that's move what I'm on saying. to something like, else. Like, after spending 105 hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah. I like having these Ratchet and Clanks and Song of Iron, and I finished another one, too, I feel like in between there also like having those like quick little one-offs man has felt it good it feels good it's as i jump into good, mass man. effect oh, <laughs> so more games need to be short and they need to end it's a good thing everybody ubisoft take note <laughs> yeah for real jesus <laughs> all right anyway so garden story go play it it's fun there you go there you heard it play garden story play song of iron great games support the developers, and have a good old time while doing it. But uh, yeah, so we would definitely both recommend both these games. Let us know if you have played either Garden Story or Song of Iron, and let us know your thoughts by either commenting below, uh, wherever you're listening to or watching this episode. Let us know on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, dis join our Discord, talk about it with us there. Or, you know, send us any other questions, comments, uh, topic ideas, stuff like that that you have for us to our email or any of those other places as well, uh, teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. So, but yeah that pretty much wraps up this episode of the show come back next week for another fun and exciting episode but until then we'll see you all next time